John is here. He is John S. And uh, yeah, you're a member of. You, you speak for yourself, John. Thank you so much for taking the time, man. And uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to have you here today, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, you'd think that by now I would know how to use Zoom, but anyway, I'm off. I'm I'm no longer on mute. Hello, everybody. Good to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Mark. I appreciate it. Um, I, I spoke here once before and I shared my story, so I don't I don't think I'm gonna go too much into my my story about um, you know what my drinking was like. Uh, and my early sobriety, but I thought that maybe I would just talk about what my recovery has been like over the last few years, because it's really um, evolved uh, quite a bit uh, from the first couple of decades that I was sober, really. But um, I got sober, uh, I had my last drink on July 20th of 1988, and um, I was 25 years old. I'm I'm 60 now. Uh, so most of my life, I've been uh, I've been uh, in. I've been sober, and I've been uh, involved in recovery. I I got sober in AA, um, and in the traditional way, in that I was in a group that really believed in reading the big book and studying the big book and all of that. And uh, so, for a large part of my recovery, um, that's what I did. Um, and as we know, in in secular um, AA meetings, we um, are, we we have these meetings because a lot of us were not so comfortable or didn't feel as welcome in meetings that were focused so much on a higher power and and all the religious language and so forth. And I certainly experienced that in my very early times. Uh, so you know, I was surprised at my first meeting when uh, I saw all the references to God and so forth um, at the meeting. I I and and in particular when they closed with the Lord's Prayer. And I, I was uncomfortable and, and surprised because religion was never really a big part of my life. I didn't grow up going to church. I didn't really identify as an atheist or as a religious person whatsoever. It was just never, it just wasn't anything that entered into my my brain to think that, you know, so I, I found it weird and uncomfortable, but I was really good at um, becoming, you know, acclimated to whatever situation I was in. And I, I just kind of went along with what they were doing, but I, looking back on that, um, it's totally understandable why. I mean, these people were the first people that gave me hope that I could have a, a, a different and a better life. I mean, uh, over here at, the, at those first meetings, they they go around, and they share their stories, and it was the first time I ever heard anybody uh, share with me what their drinking was like, and I could identify with it. And the hope that they gave me was that I could somehow be sitting in their shoes because they all looked like, you know, they, these problems were in the past for them. And, you know, they, they just looked like they were free and happy and, and, and they just gave me so much hope. And that was, that was really critical, but yes, I did find myself after that first meeting attending um, meetings at this men's group and they were very much into the big book. And, and I remember trying to just um oh work things out of my head that i just figured that all the praying and everything there must be some psychological benefit to it and so i just kind of um, rationalized things that way but then after a while I even stopped rationalizing i just went through the motions and did whatever they said to do whether i believed it or not and i did that for a long time so i was i was sober for uh, i think 25 years um, thereabouts when it was around that time when I, um, learned about, um, 
AA meetings for agnostics and atheists. And what happened is, I, I don't know exactly when it started, but I started going down the road of questioning my my beliefs and um, also thinking more critically about um, AA and what I was saying in AA meetings. And it just, it, I, I just got to the point where I realized that what I was saying wasn't really matching with what I believed, that I was saying things that I thought other people wanted to hear me say. And when I, I realized I, I was an atheist and I accepted that, I went to that big book that I had to study all those years, and I was able to kind of cross out all the God stuff, and I could see underneath all of that, you know, the practical stuff that I had actually done and experiences that I had. And I really understood that I could just describe all of this in my own way, and I didn't need to use that book. And so I started speaking that way um, at my home group. And bear in mind, I was going to that group for 25 years. These guys knew me for a long time, most of my life. And it, it really kind of surprised me that not most of the people, but many of the people didn't accept what I was saying anymore because I wasn't, I wasn't talking the way that they thought I should, I guess. Um, I, I got really clear on this idea that I didn't need any external force or higher power. I didn't need any of that language. I could just talk like myself and just let them know that other people helped me. I didn't have to agree with every single thing that was written in the big book or the 12 and 12. And I, I, I felt free. Um, but at, at those meetings, those AA meetings that I was going to, I, I, I felt like I was um, constantly in conflict and stepping on toes and, it just wasn't comfortable anymore. So I started um, an AA meeting for agnostics and atheists here in Kansas City. And gosh, that was in 2014. Um, and that group is still meeting now. And this put me on a whole new path. My recovery really took off at that time. And I think the reason it did is there's so much freedom and power and being able to find your own path and to talk about your recovery in your own words and not to have to use someone else's. So back in 2014, shortly after starting that group, I went to the um, International Conference of, what do they call it? They call it the We Agnostics and Freethinkers and AA International Convention, something like that. It was the first international convention for secular AA members back in uh, 2014 in Santa Monica, California. And I went to that and uh, I met all these people who had all these different ideas of uh, thinking about um, recovery and AA in particular and the steps. And as we know, you know, some people, you know, could find, you know, secular interpretations for the steps that worked for them. And some people had um, a certain um, spirituality that was fine with them as secular people, and others completely had nothing to do with 12 steps or spirituality or any of that. It, it was across the board. It was, just a, it was just an amazing freedom that I really loved, that we didn't all have to walk lockstep and all be on the same page, that we could respect everyone's experience. And what I learned, too, from the people that at that, at that conference was you know, our experience is basically the same, you know, human experience that we have when you reach this point where 
you're kind of desperate and you feel hopeless and you meet people who give you some hope and you start, you know, making a decision to change and make some changes. All of that is, all of those are experiences that are pretty common to us, but the way that we describe them is completely different because it's such an intensely personal feeling um, that we go through. And um, I, I learned that from, from these people. And so at this conference, I met uh, Joe C, that who you all know, and I met Roger C. They're not related. <laughs> and Roger, he had this website, AA Agnostica, and he and I became friends. And shortly after coming back home, so we came back from this conference and we started these um, social media groups on Facebook for um, us um, secular people in AA, and we all stayed in touch. And sometime like in 2015, I guess early in 2015, Roger came to me and he told me that he was going to retire from um, this website that he was doing called AA Agnostica. And he wanted to know if I kind of could kind of pick up where he left off. And basically what he did, and as you, you, you all are probably familiar with his site, if you aren't, it's aagnostica.org and it's still up there. But what he would do is he would get people from the um, agnostic atheist community in AA write their stories or, you know, articles that he would post on AA Agnostica and he would do that every week. So I agreed that I would do that. So I created a site that was called AA Beyond Belief. And when I created it, I decided that along with that website that like what Roger had, I would also have a podcast. And I really didn't know anything about podcasts other than I used to listen to them and I was a guest on one once. Um, but I thought the idea being that, you know, I'm going to have these stories so I can maybe have the people who write these stories come on this podcast as my guests. And so that's that's how I got started in this podcast thing. And I mentioned that because it's just a huge part of my recovery today. And it put me on a trajectory that I just wouldn't be on if if not for this. And it's not because I'm just a guy with a podcast, but it's because all the people that I've met over the last seven years that I've been doing this, who've brought new ideas to me and um, given me different ways of thinking and articulating my, um, my recovery and just kind of opened up a whole new world for me. So it's just been a tremendous experience that I've been able to to have this opportunity for the last seven years to talk to all these people, um, whether they be doctors who are experts in addiction or just individual people who are sharing their personal stories, or maybe someone who's written a book or someone who started a meeting. Um, I've even taught, I even talked to people who um, started or, or participate in other programs, you know, like smart recovery and life ring and, Women for Sobriety, and I learned about all of those, um, all, all secular options to recovery. And it's just, it's just been an incredible experience. And then connecting with the people who listen to the podcast in different ways. Um, I've been able to do that either through a live stream or they might call me or they might email me, things like that. So it's just been, been a tremendous experience. But Coming out as an atheist was was where it all started because I began to think about things critically and I started thinking on my own and not letting and not thinking that I had to please anybody with how I spoke. And it really opened my mind to new ideas 
And I became interested in learning more about recovery. And so like, I guess it was in 2020, I, um, I, I got, I was interested in smart recovery. So I took their course to become a meeting facilitator. And if you're not familiar with smart recovery, they have a program that's based on um, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. And basically what they do is they have uh, this idea that, you know, there's like just four basic um, areas of recovery. Like um, I think one, the first is um, becoming motivated uh, to get sober. Uh, the second would be um, dealing with emotions, feelings, thoughts, behaviors, um, gosh, I can't remember, uh, dealing with cravings and then um, living a balanced life. And I, I'm probably missing some of those there, but they have these little four pillars of that are based upon the way that people experience um, recovery. And it's not a, it's not a linear thing It's you can move back and forth to different areas. But anyway, they have these, these, these tools that you can apply based upon what you need. And so I took this training to become uh, to be able to facilitate these meetings. And I never really did anything with that other than, you know, I don't facilitate meetings, but I, I might go to some once in a while and I might, um, and I've learned a lot from, from doing that, but, but um, it, that was a good experience. And that got me interested also in connecting with um, the recovery community here in my state outside of AA. So I guess I'm, I'm not, I guess, I, I guess what's happening now at this point is I'm, um, identifying less and less as just an AA person, as an AA member. Uh, for the most of my sobriety, it was like, you know, AA was my recovery, and that's how I identified was as an AA member. And now I just identify really as just a person in recovery who might go to AA meetings if he wants to, or might go to a smart recovery meeting if I want to, or a life ring meeting if I want to, or, you know, um, I have different I have the freedom to do whatever I want and to participate in whatever type of program I want to and mix and match things. And, and that's pretty much what I do. But I, I got, I just got to this place where I was really interested in learning about all the different avenues of recovery and how to better help people. So I, I took this course in Missouri to become certified by the state to be what we call a peer specialist. And what that is, it's someone who is certified uh, to work in treatment centers um, alongside a treatment team, and you act as an advocate for a person who's in recovery. So, you know, you'll you'll sit with someone in recovery, and you'll you'll ask them, you know, what are you, what are your what do you want your sober life to look like? What what kind of goals do you have? What what do you want to achieve? And you help them, um, you know make those, make those goals and achieve those goals and, and, and support them in whatever way you can. And then you work with the treatment team to let them know what this person is, is saying they need. So you're, 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 you're talking to the treatment team for them. So that's what these people do. I don't do that professionally, but I, I do get to participate in meetings twice a month with, with different peer specialists in my state. And what is so cool about it is I learn how best to talk to somebody who is really needing help with addiction. And what I learned is the best thing that we can do is find out where they are and meet them at that place and not try to bring them to wherever you are. 
and to listen to them and give them hope. And if you get to know them well enough, and if they, if you, you have some trust built up with them, you can, you know, share with them, you know, what you learned in, in your recovery process. And if they want to know if, if, you know, and, and you can help them, I guess, you know, achieve whatever goals they want their sobriety to look like, just, just inspire them in that way. And so, you know, I've been taking a little bit of that with me. So whenever I'm, um, you know, in a meeting or just having a personal conversation with somebody in recovery, I, I am able to not worry so much about them identifying with me and thinking more about um, what they want and what they need and where they are and um, speaking in whatever language is most comfortable for them. I often say that I'm bilingual in that in recovery and that I can, if someone is really comfortable talking in spiritual terms, I can do that. And if someone wants to be completely practical, um, I can do that as well. So um, however anybody is comfortable. But yeah, so I think I think the biggest change for me has been this departure from identifying with any one support group. And I will always love AA. It's just been, um, it's just ingrained in me. Even the 12 steps are ingrained as part of my thinking now. Uh, they've been part of my life for most of my lifetime. And although I might not necessarily see them as, as um, something that must actually have to be done, um, I do think that they're a beautiful expression of an experience if you're allowed to express that in your own way. And just remember that those things as they're written now are the words of other people who lived a long time ago, and they were mostly men, and, and they were coming from this Christian perspective, and that's why they're written that way. But if you if you kind of take away all of that language and you use your own words to describe what they were describing and you and you use it to describe your own experience in your own way, it, it really is a it really gives a good kind of overview of of what we go through um, as we get sober and as we try to recreate our lives and um, improve the relationships with um, those that you know, we may have hurt from our drinking or, you know, who, who or maybe wanted us to stop drinking long ago or whatever, but yeah. So I don't know where I'm going now. I just, I, I enjoy, um, I enjoy learning. I enjoy this podcast and meeting people and learning, um, from them. Um, the books that I get to read to prepare for the, for the podcast episodes, uh, recently, I was talking to uh, Mark about a guest I had who who made a film, and I got to learn about you know what it's like to make a film and and to discuss that film, and it's just it's just been a great experience. So I don't know how helpful this has been. Uh, it's kind of you know sometimes I prepare really well for a talk like this, and sometimes I don't. Today was one of those days. It's like you know I. I uh, you know, I just got off work not too long ago and it was, um, this is a busy time of the year and it is for all of us. And, and I was uh, thinking about, you know, I really should prepare for this. And I thought, well, you know, I'm just going to just talk from the heart about whatever I think is, um, important to me. And, and, and I guess that's what it is, is I just want to convey this message that, you know, I learned that I'm free. I'm a free person in recovery. I don't have to belong 
to any organization. I don't have to follow any rules. I don't have to talk in any way or read any books. Um, I can if I want to. Um, and there's a huge plethora of recovery out there. Um, it, whether it's a formal organization like AA or SMART or LifeRing or just informal groups that spring up from people who just kind of get together. There's just a huge, enormous, you know, opportunity out there to connect with people, which is probably the most important thing if, if to me, I guess, when I was, you know, still to this day, most important thing is just connecting with other people who will support me and what I want and who I can support and what they want. So that community, um, which I'm now getting mostly from the podcast, is really essential. And anyway, thanks for allowing me to be here. Um, it was a good experience to be here. I appreciate it. Uh, always nice to see everybody. And with that, I will pass. Thank you.